This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson on Demand. Ryan McCarthy, watching in upstate New York, says, Why does Saskatchewan have the best town names? Paradise Hill, Moose Jaw. Well, he says Flynn Flon, and that's actually Manitoba. And frankly, I'm partial to Medicine Hat. How about that? I also learn something every day. We learned today that Flynn Flon Manitoba stands for Flint to Betty Flonaton, a fictional character from a 1905 novel. This is the Rod Peterson Show. It sure is. Welcome to Hour 2 of your favorite sports talk program. It's brought to you by our friends at Great Western Original 16 Beer. And, oh man, if we, I hope you are all having as much fun as I am on today's program. As we welcome in the Moose, he is in the bunker in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. And uh, Moose, let's wait until later on in the week to divulge your latest stop, if that's okay. But are you getting I, I would think that you're getting excited for it. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait a couple of days before we divulge where you're off to next. Sure. Um, I don't know if you were watching the tail end of hour one, but Randy in Winnipeg was watching, and he says uh, he was watching the Caps-Carolina game last night, which the Capitals won another one. And Washington is sneaky good, if you've noticed. A sneaky... Yeah. To us that aren't around uh, that that metropolitan area, I guess. Right. Um, yeah. But his question was: Is is Ovi the front runner for NHL MVP? And I thought, holy smokes, man! I never really thought about it because in Canada we just and obviously you see that I'm watching Sports Center 24 seven, just like I do at home. We just get inundated with McDavid, Drysital, McDavid, Drysital. Take a break. Austin Matthews, Austin Matthews, Austin Matthews, Drysital, McDavid, Drysital, McDavid. Like. It might be Ovi. Maybe that should be tomorrow's poll question. He's got to be up there, man. He's not leading the NHL in goals, but he's second with 19 behind Neon Leon, and he's not playing with McDavid. That's true. That's true. And, you know, what he's done to that group in Washington, he continues to be their leader. All these years later, after getting drafted and being the you know superstar in the league, he continues to do that. You know, we're not talking about Sidney Crosby and Alexander Ovechkin as much as we used to, but man, they're still playing at a high level, and Ovi might be it. That'll be an interesting poll question tomorrow. Uh, by the way, get the comments in, folks. We've opened a brand new week. Make it good, and you'll be in contention for the Taco Time comment of the week, brought to you by our friends at Taco Time with a viewer takeover. Now, Coming up later on this hour, I'm very excited. Uh, Sean Thornton will be with us. The chief commercial officer of the Florida Panthers will be with us. He's got this new book out, Fighting My Way to the Top. And when I walked through the door the other night, it was the Philly game. Chrissy, I can't remember if she met me at the door with the book or if she came down to my spot in the press box. But she's like, here's the book. You got to read this before Sean's on. Yeah. And I'm about halfway through this, and I'm just loving it. I'm loving all of it. 
I go to FLA Live Arena the other night, and the arena staff's fist bumping me on my way into the building. That was for the Kraken game. I'm like, this is amazing. So <clears throat> before I get to the CFL talk, we got a lot of viewers tuning in that want to chat about what went down Sunday and look ahead. And by the way, the odds, the lines have been posted, Moose. They've been they posted oh. for the division finals already. But because I'm not as averse in the business world as you are, and I could say this for Sean Thornton, but I want to ask you, what would the chief commercial officer do? Because that is Sean Thornton's title. Now, he was a fighter in his days in the NHL as a player, two-time Stanley Cup champion. Well, what would the chief commercial officer do? That's a good question because there's so many interpretations, right? Are we talking about like commercials, like radio and television commercials that we're used to seeing? Probably not. Are we talking about commercial business, right? Um, yeah, very interesting to hear about Sean's role with the Panthers and a little bit more about what he does, that's for sure. Very excited to have him on later on, and thanks oh, yeah. to the Panthers for doing it. Now, do you remember what I said? I would install the betting line at for the Western Final. Well, here they are. Are you ready? Yes. Just for spits and giggles, let's start with the Eastern Final. Because yesterday, uh, Hamilton advanced in the semifinal, beating Montreal 23-12 at Tim Hortons Field. They've advanced to play the Toronto Argonauts at BMO Field next Sunday. I don't care as much about that game, obviously, as the Western game. And I have the, the point spread here. What would you put it at? Toronto at home. Toronto by... Beating Hamilton three out of four. Yeah, Toronto by two and a half or three and a half. Probably two and a half. One? Toronto by one. Toronto by one. Whoa. I'm feeling and more I can't confident about my West one. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, okay, here's the point spread for the West final at IG Field next Sunday. Santa Claus is going to be there, by the way. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers are favored by betregal.net by seven points over the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. You nailed it. Ding, ding, ding. Can we get some Rick Regan sound effects in here, please? How about that? Oh, maybe not. Good one, Rod. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it's good. I've got you, dry. I just wanted something. Uh, Clark is not with us as he, uh, producer Clark, as he attends yeah. to an urgent family matter. And our thoughts are with him, by the way, because it is serious. So Jordan's doing everything. He's flying the ship. He's playing the sound effects. Hey, and let's just settle in on that for a second because it is Canada's daytime sports talk show. And it is the end of November. That means CFL playoffs. Winnipeg Blue Bombers. That Like, <clears throat> let's really get into it. Because we did talk about those semifinals yesterday, last hour. Let's talk about it again. Saskatchewan in double overtime. Beats the Calgary Stampeders 33-30. Surviving four interceptions by their quarterback. Which I guess Sunday was the day to do that. Because Lamar Jackson did the exact same thing for Baltimore. And they still won. But anyways... You know, coming out of the stadium, the riders were hearing, oh, you can't do that against Winnipeg or you won't have a chance to win. They know that. It took them 60 minutes plus more to beat the Calgary Stampeders, and they did it. But I was on that Outsiders podcast this morning based out of Edmonton with Bryn Griffiths and Robin Brownlee, and Robin predicted Winnipeg will win by 20 because he just thinks Saskatchewan doesn't have it in him to do it. It's it's going to be tough. Darren, I mean, if you're yeah. the Riders, 
coach or coach is. What are you scheming to win this game on Sunday? You have to get your playmakers the ball in time and space. You have to control the clock. But more than anything, I'm stressing, look at, we have to be mentally prepared. So we can't take penalties. We have to lock into our assignments. The mental preparedness, because more so than Winnipeg, Saskatchewan can't afford to make as many mistakes. You know, Winnipeg's good enough to overcome a mistake or two. No team can overcome, you know, too many mistakes. But Saskatchewan will have a tougher time with it just because they're the underdog. And that's just the reality of the situation we're in. So you have to be mentally prepared. You can't have mistakes. And penalties can't kill you in the football game. And then Saskatchewan's got a shot. Well, yeah, and Winnipeg's sitting there having not played on semifinal weekend. They've had a bye, so they're rested. They're getting healthy. Mm-hmm. I'm just checking in on the comments here and see what's popping because we do have uh, a lot of people tuning in today. They want to talk about the fact that Mexi fries are not tater tots, and I'm just, I'm just not so sure about that. Um, but the thing with Winnipeg is they can beat you every way. I know we get a lot of viewers watching on Bell MTS Cable in Winnipeg right now. They know they're sitting there nodding their heads. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers are bullies. They're not what we got accustomed to over the years with the Calgary Stampeders where they're just patient and they'll wait for you to step in the trap. They'll wait for you to turn over the football. They'll wait for you to miss a block, right, and get your quarterback killed. They <laughs> Winnipeg plays downhill and they're bullies. And so I'm just looking at Saskatchewan going, you can't come in there and try to finesse them. You can't come in there and try and win the line of scrimmage. You're not going to do any of those things. And to try and go in and play a perfect game, all of a sudden you clench up because that's nearly impossible too. That's that's why I think I had Winnipeg favored by seven because it's just going to be a major mountain for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to climb going in there. And all year long, what did Winnipeg finish? 12-2? and two? The only complaint all year long their fans had about their team was their kicker. And then they went out and signed Sergio Castillo. They literally have no faults, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Any last thoughts on that before we turn it over to yeah, some of the viewers? You're right. There's no faults, and that's why Saskatchewan has to you know, limit the mistakes, you know, limit the turnovers, obviously, but penalties are big. And then you're just going to have to you know, ask your guys to make a couple of plays, big plays. You know, we had a kick return touchdown in the game by Morrow. That was big. You'll need big plays like that if you're going to win. And it'll, that's what makes this fun because it is a little bit of David versus Goliath. Welcome, everybody, watching on YouTube today, plus Game Plus television across all 10 provinces and 31 states. From our VP of Sim Events, Nelson Hakowicz writes in, and he says, Andrew Harris is questionable for the final. Now that there is more on tape on Brady Oliveira, that might be the Riders' best break. I don't think it matters. Winnipeg rolled without Andrew Harris, the reigning Grey Cup MVP and top Canadian. Justin Wolf watching on YouTube says, how about some college football? Since you're such a huge Crimson Tide fan. How about it? They're still in content. They're still rolling. This is the one thing, Darren, maybe you can help me with. Yeah. Is I get on a daily basis, more immersed in this American college football culture. And maybe the viewers can help me out. The Miami Hurricanes on Saturday destroyed Duke. I think it was 47 to 10. Now, the last time I was here in September for three weeks, 
Every time I turned on Sports Talk Radio to Miami, they all were talking about Manny Diaz, the head coach of the Hurricanes. He's a dead man walk, and they're terrible. And at that time, they were bad. But they rallied, and they concluded their regular season with that win. And now they're going to be – I don't know what their final record was. It was around 500, I think. And they're like, we're going to be in a bowl game, but we don't know who against or where or even what bowl. And I'm sitting there going, is this just American football media culture that they want the coach fired all the time? Which I understand because we live that too, where we're from. But I'm just like, how do they discern in NCAA football who gets into a bowl and which bowl and who they play, especially if you're a bad team? I guess my point is all fall, they've been talking about firing Manny Diaz and who's going to be the next guy. And the Hurricanes athletic department's a joke and they don't have the guts to fire anybody or hire anybody getting all of a sudden they're going to a bowl game. Don't you just naturally assume that if you're going to a bowl game, you're good. Like I, 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 that's what I'm going to spend. That's what I'm going to spend the week trying to figure out today or a week trying to figure out this week is this bowl system. And I'm hoping over the next few weeks, I'll be attending some bowl games. That'll be fun. I've been to a few in the past. Yeah. None over here on the East Coast. But can you shed some light on it? Bowl games have different cr- criteria. Sometimes it'll be the team who finished first in this conference versus the team who finished first in that conference from the other you know, conference. Or they'll have it figured out, right? Third place in this division against fifth place in that one. Each bowl has a different criteria. Um, and then you, know, you end up playing where you're playing. So... That, it is confusing because it's not like traditional sports where you have a regular season, then you have a playoff, and based on where you finish in the regular season, you play teams you've played, and you work your way through a playoff. It's different. So the national football champion, the national championship is different from all the bowl games, it feels like, because those are all based on conference play. We're going to have a lot of those conference championships. The SEC championship game this weekend with Alabama and Georgia. You're going to have the Big Ten championship game with Iowa and Michigan. So you're going to have some of these really big games. And then the college football playoff feels like it's this extra thing, you know, based on what happens during the regular season. It's confusing, but it is a lot of fun to follow it. I prefer to just, you know what, follow the playoff, the conference championships, and then when the bowl games happen, see which one's on my TV at Christmas and watch that. Well, of course. And uh, Justin was out. Well, I don't understand why he was. Did you see his comment? He was writing in all caps. He's like, you're tied. I'm like, uh, do we need to quote Shooter McGavin again? Yeah, we went to overtime in the Iron Bowl against Auburn, but I'm sorry, we were too busy winning. What's the big deal? <laughs> you know, um, I got the I got the Associated Press story up in front of me right now. Push to the limits, Alabama delivered plays to celebrate in a stadium that has produced a few devastating losses over the time. The result was an unforgettable Iron Bowl. John Mechie caught a scoring pass from Bryce Young in the fourth overtime to give number three Alabama a 24-22 comeback win over rival Auburn on Saturday, rescuing the Crimson Tide's national title hopes. It was the first ever overtime game in the Iron Bowl. Nick Saban saying after the game, the coach of Alabama, quote, wow, what a game. They're 11 and one. And we're sitting, we're sitting, we're sitting here worried. The only now. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, the only ahead. issue I have with it, no, no. with everything, is you got the SEC championship game. Georgia's undefeated, ranked number one in the nation this weekend against Alabama, right? I think the rankings come out on Tuesday. Um, but Alabama, I think, was number three going into it, uh, maybe even moved up to number two. 
against Alabama. Now, whoever loses this game should be out of the college football playoff. And that's the big debate. It's like Georgia, if they lose once, can they still be in the college football playoff? When it's this late in the year and you're playing a rival, a team that's near the top of the country, it is a playoff game. So if you lose it, I don't think either one of them should get a second chance. So I think whoever loses this should be out of the college football playoff. So it will be fun this weekend for you. Yeah, well, of course, I'm just looking at the comments here. Tacona Pauly in Winnipeg. Tied are still in the top 10. Yes, probably number two this week, I would think. As you said, the ratings aren't out yet. Uh, Jeff Cabillas in Winnipeg. Georgia defense is going to be geared up for the game against Bama. They need this one bad. We need every game. <laughs> and Jeff goes on to say, hey, the taco time bowl. Between two, six, and six teams. Look, we're going to break and come back, and uh, we will talk about whatever the viewers want to talk about. We'll start. Whatever. CFL, NHL, NFL, whatever you want. But I think you've known this because you've been riding shotgun with me for a long time, but I'm really enjoying learning these new things. Like, like listen, I'm a farm kid from a town of 640 people in rural Saskatchewan. So don't at me that I'm not totally familiar with the bowl system. And also, you know, showing up at the Florida Panthers arena and having their staff drop off this book and say, here, read this. Sean's coming on your show next week. Sean Thornton, their chief commercial officer. Like, I, this is exciting stuff. Learning new things. Isn't that what we're supposed to do, Darren? Very exciting. Very rhetorical, exciting. rhetorical question. Um, we'll be right back. Load up the comments and the text as well. 902 518 3033, you're watching the RP Show. It is Canada's daytime sports talk show, and you are watching on the Game Plus television network. YouTube live streaming and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. laid back and kicking it let's head back to the studio here's rob welcome back everybody rp show continues hour two brought to you by our friends at great western original 16 beer made with premium saskatchewan ingredients original 16 is unfiltered for peak flavor coming up later on this hour sean thornton the chief commercial officer of the florida panthers very much looking forward to that as we bring the moose back in. He is in the bunker in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle that is situated right smack dab in the middle of Winnipeg, Calgary, and Edmonton. Um, to the text line, Joe Lazito writes in. He's watching in Long Island, and he says, Hey, Roddy, Joe Lazito here. If you could read this during your chat with Sean, I'd love to. Thority and I go way back to his days in St. John's. I'll save that for when he's with us. Jeff Caldwell watching in Oregon says there are way too many bowl games. The minor bowls are sparsely attended. Tim Fury is watching. He says, glad you brought up the bowl stuff. I've been trying to figure it all out. My Gamecocks are bowl eligible and not sure where or how. Maybe Tori Gurley could have helped us out. LOL. I can shoot him a text. and say, I'm glad I'm not the only one. I'm just sitting there going, I'm listening to the Hurricanes getting trashed on their own radio broadcast all fall. 
and now we're going to a bowl game. <sighs> and you know, Darren, that if they win it, they'll all get big, huge, splashy rings, and they'll go in the pantheon of the Hall of Fame. It just, it just seems like they've gone too far with these bowl games in college football. Yeah, it seems like what you do you know, think? teams just getting in a bowl game just to say they were in a bowl game. So let's have another bowl game, and now our bad season wasn't so bad. You know, like we made a bowl game, so congratulations to us. Um, it does mean something to these programs to get to a bowl game, but at some point it's going to be too watered down if it's not already. Well, like I said, you can just see them winning the beef old Brady Bowl and all getting huge honking rings that would have been saved for the Super Bowl back in the day, you know? Um, so, Wayne, yeah, go ahead. I Googled go ahead. it. There are 42 bowl games with 84 bowl spots available for 130 FBS teams in 2021, not including the college football playoff national championship game. Teams with a six and six or better record are bowl eligible, but teams that are five and seven can be given consideration if there aren't enough bowl eligible teams after the season ends. So 500 gets you in. I was hoping you were going to give me enough time to go to the big board which is my score app in this instance yep. and uh, and just see exactly what the final record was. What's today? What's today's date? 29. Today's the 29th, right? Oh, it's going to take me literally forever. Oh, here it is. Miami Duke. Eh. Miami finished seven and five and they were literally trying to tie a tin can to Manny Diaz, the head coach. I don't, I don't, but Hey, it's football in America. <laughs> yeah. Serious. It's Wayne in Victoria, BC. Hey. Big deal to get to 500 and get to a bowl game, I think. Apparently. Yeah. Wayne in Victoria, BC writes that he says, hi, Rod. That weekend had some pretty good games, especially the Stamps Riders West semifinal with double OT. I was concerned with the amount of fans in the stands. Thoughts? Well... Heavens knows we've kicked that one around enough all fall or really since we kind of got back to normally playing in our favorite leagues. And I clearly you turn on the television, which I did and you see a half empty stadium. It's Saskatchewan. It's a concern. Hamilton looked much better attended. It really did. Maybe it was the blackout. Everybody was dressed in black. I don't know what it was, but I can tell you this. Saturday night, Panthers game, I mentioned it earlier, 15,305 in the house, legit. The game before, I told you, Philadelphia Flyers were here the night before Thanksgiving. It was rocking. Yeah. There had to be 13,000 plus here. Dolphins have played to a sellout every game all year. 80,000. And... I just don't want to keep kicking a dead horse because you know the sports people in Canada, they don't want to talk about it. A great example was the Edmonton Elks last week with their news conference a week ago today, blaming everything for their poor attendance but themselves. Oh, COVID, vaccination passports, mobile entry, this and that and the other thing. What do you want us to say, Wayne? What, what should we say? Where I'm, where the games I'm going to, they're jammed, and the teams are winning, and it's not a thing. I, I just, I don't really even really want to talk about it. But yeah. uh, you are more than welcome to. No, it's, it's a concern for sure. I mean, they announced twenty four thousand at the game last night here in town. Oh, they did, and there wasn't that many. 
I mean, you're right, half full, the whole upper deck was empty, the one end zone was empty, but it was still loud, and the sports bars were still full, and there's, there's things going on, um, but, it, you know, it's an issue. I don't know if it's an issue of in this market not connecting with the fans locally to get to your games because I think, you know, when you were talking about the riders, they're still doing well across the country in terms of TV numbers, so there's still interest. The logo still has a lot of cachet and a lot of fans, but for whatever reason, having trouble converting that into butts in the seats, and it's a problem across the CFL. The comment that triggered this here on Taco Time Viewer Takeover was Wayne saying, I was concerned with the amount of fans in the stands. I guess if everybody that was talking about it, that they're concerned, bought a ticket and went, we wouldn't have any reason to be concerned. That's right. Brady, right, Brady writing us on the 902 text line. Hey, Rod, riders will have a fun time next weekend trying to win against the Bombers, but in football, anything can happen. All you need is luck, but I don't personally see it happening. And he goes on to say, Bergie being fired was 11 years in the making. Don't know how he managed to remain the GM throughout the 11 years tenure. That is a good point. And it brings up the Capital Automall Universal Collision Center poll question. Did Montreal Canadiens general manager Mark Bergevin deserve to be fired? Hashtag go Habs go. And currently on Twitter, 68% of respondents saying yes, he deserved to go. It's just fascinating timing to me. You go all the way to the Stanley Cup. You make some pretty astute signings. Corey Perry, Tyler Toffoli. Josh Anderson scored some big playoff goals last year. Your goalie goes into the player assistance program. Your MVP here this fall, and you're off to the worst start in franchise history, and now you get fired. But again, because we kicked this around last hour, Darren will bring you back in. I mean, you've been following Eric Engel's Twitter feed. It sounds like this has far more to do outside on-ice activity. Fair? And, and nothing... Yeah. Impropri- nothing improper, but this drafting of Logan Mayu really seems to uh, might have been the thread that just unraveled everything. Yeah, it absolutely might have. You know, um, and one of the the comments that came out was that this isn't this is too big of a job for one person now in the organization. So they want to go to a two person model, um, and I think that's you know a direction that's probably a good one. Um, but it's been going on for a while. You talk about that move. The product on the ice over the past decade has not been very good. They've been, you know, they have not been perennially a contender or a playoff team. You know, the Stanley Cup was a bit of an anomaly. If they had a good season, that might have been what saved them if they came back and played well this year. But it was an anomaly, and it kind of just hid the problems that have been going on in the organization. So now it's time for a change, a new direction, and we'll see who comes in as, as the GM. But it sounds like... Um, They've got their guy who's going to be leading them down the stretch. He's not named the GM. He's senior vice president of hockey ops or senior president of hockey ops, but I think they've got their guy. Who, Jeff Gordon? Yeah. Mm, mark my words. I wrote it a month ago. I'll go back and find it at rodpeterson.com. I said the next general manager of the Montreal Canadiens will be Matthew Darch, and we talked about it on this show the current VP of Hockey Operations with the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's the guy. And Chris Johnston dropped his name on uh, SportsCenter this morning, too. 
Um, and the other thing is, you remember last year, you we this show was at the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. Do you remember the coverage? I won't say who, but said, no, no, no. This Montreal team is not a flash in the pan. They are built to be good for a long time. <laughs> and here but we are. What do I always say? Here we are. What do I always say? Don't listen to that stuff. Right. It's bunk. The uh, American viewers perking up. Doc Turner watching in San Francisco. He says, hi, guys. One brother for the Rough Riders outcoached his other brother with the Stamps. Why don't they bring the backup quarterback for the Stampeders? At least he's a running quarterback. Um, eesh, It's a good point. Bo Levi Mitchell having to answer questions about his future after the Western semifinal loss last night and his two interceptions for the Calgary Stampeders. But when you got Dave Dickinson coming out, the head coach, saying, we want him back, we expect him back, why wouldn't he be back? It's only 30. Guy could play 10 more years in this league. So something's not right. But I don't think that the Calgary Stampeders are looking at throwing the baby out with the bathwater, as they say. Yeah. Jeff Caldwell uh, watching in Redmond, Oregon. He says, Washington State finished 7-5 and five after firing its coach midseason due to no vaccination. The Cougars get to go to the Cheez-It Bowl. Versus Air Force. Yes, that's a thing, <laughs> says Jeff. Where's the Rick Reagan sound effects? Strap oh, one I in see. there on that, please, Jordan. Yeah. Oh, good one, Rod. No, not me, Jeff. That was a good one. And uh, Sean K is his handle from Vancouver. Sean in Vancouver says the RP show should sponsor a bowl game. Hmm? We did. It was in a video game. Approved. Yeah, what did we call the RP Bowl? Is that what we yeah, called it? Yeah, it was like the Rod Peterson Show Bowl or something like that. It was in the, uh, it was in the video game, the, uh, the CFL video game. Well, if we were going to sponsor a bowl game, yeah. would you want it to be a U Sports Canadian University game? Oh. Like the Wheat Bowl that, that nobody has latched onto other than us? That'd be Saskatchewan, cool. Saskatchewan, Regina, or... Or would it, you rather be an NCAA football bowl game? Or the way yeah. you think, why not both? I was just going to say, let's do both. Let's have a Canadian and an American one. That'd be the way to go. I think that would be a lot of fun, you know, to have a... Uh, yeah. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> hey, uh, is our next guest ready to roll, Jordan? Okay. Uh, Moose, don't go too far. Okay. But we're going to take a time out. I know for a fact we'll see you back here for overtime. You're watching the RP Show. It is episode number 622 of Canada's daytime sports talk show. We'll return in a moment on Game Plus Television Network, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got to subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Juggling all kinds of things as we go here on the RP Show on this Monday. Trying to set up, technically, the Florida Panthers chief commercial officer, Sean Thornton. And for those that don't know, I'd be surprised if you didn't know. 
in the National Hockey League, 705 games with the Blackhawks, Ducks, Bruins, and Panthers, two-time Stanley Cup champion, and an original draft choice of the Toronto Maple Leafs in the seventh round back in 1997. Uh, Director Jordan telling me they're just having some connection issues with Sean Thornton, so we will get to him momentarily. And it's funny, since I mentioned that I've been reading his book, Fighting My Way to the Top, which I'm almost through, and we'll be talking about that with Thornton. And I put this on my social media. I've had all kinds of messages come in from his friends. For instance, Scott Barney, the head coach and general manager of the Humble Broncos, says, hey, Rod, hope all is well, my friend. Please say hi to Thorts when you're talking to him this week. Great guy. One of the best stories out there. Wasn't drafted into the OHL until his second year of midget. Toughest customer to ever put the gloves on. Signed, Barnes. We got him, Jordan? What's the word? Not yet. No problem. We have got so oh Moose is here. So many questions of or comments have come in on the text line. I had the one from Joe Lazito. Here it is. He's watching in Long Island. If you could read this during your chat with Sean, I'd love it. Thority and I go back to his days in St. John's. We lost touch since he's retired, but he's always been one of my favorite people. The reason why Thority is two-time Stanley Cup champion and current CCO of the Panthers is his work ethic. He never quits, even when the odds are stacked heavily against him. He's the ultimate teammate and ultimate leader in an increasingly negative world. If someone is looking for inspiration, they need look no further than Sean Thornton. And again, I think that's why the title of his book is Fighting My Way to the Top. And the forward is by Tuka Rask. And if we can bring the moose in here, and I really feel bad for director Jordan because I think he's a one-man band back there, unless he's got Rolf helping him out. I, we do, yeah. So, Darren, you'll get you'll get a kick out of this. I'm reading the forward by Tuka Rask. You'll really get a kick out. This is, I thought of you. Yeah. Tuka says the two of these cowboys bought a boat together when they were playing for Boston, and Tuka said, "The two best days of your life are the day you buy a boat and the day you sell that boat." <laughs> you still want a boat? That's pretty good. Yeah, you know, I've, I've heard that too. And I've heard the best situation is have a friend with a boat. So I do want to have a yacht, but maybe I just want to have a friend with a yacht. Have you figured out yet what the chief commercial officer does? I figured that because you're so much more bigger into titles than me. You know, you're the LinkedIn guy, CEO, COO, v, CFO, VP. <laughs> Chief Commercial Officer. I'm just very interested to find out. And it's just kind of sad that we're having connection issues right now with Sean Thorne. I'm not sure we're even going to be able to get him onto the air. But it's just, he's the kind of guy, after reading enough of his book, that you obviously win Stanley Cups with. He's won two. But you just, you find a way to, to make him a spot in your organization. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You would, you would get that. For sure. And I mean... We're not talking about television or radio commercials, even though we joked about that commercial officer. He's the one who oversees all the Panthers ads that run on TV across, you know, South Florida and on radio. But that's not it. It would be more commercial business, commercial strategy, you know, from the business perspective, somebody who would oversee it at an executive level, you know, commercial strategies and commercial uh, operations. That'd be my guess. Well, let me, while you're sitting here, and I mentioned that I was on the Outsiders podcast this morning out of Edmonton, 
And I predicted uh, the line for the West final would be uh, Bombers by seven. Robin Brownlee, the host, thinks that the Winnipeg will win by 20. We dabbled over into the NHL, and the guys said, what, what are your big NHL stories so far? And I said, quite frankly, sitting here in South Florida, it is the plight of the Florida Panthers chasing history, the Seattle Kraken snuffing it out the other night, and how that game all went. But it was the kind of put me on a spot a little bit. Because when you're immersed in a market, that's really all you see. You get it, right? Yeah. We talk about that being in the Bermuda Triangle all the time, where uh, we're normally situated. What, what are the big stories to you in the National Hockey League? to this point, to this U.S. Thanksgiving, Mark? I know, you know, um, the Blackhawks still remain a big story for me. Not the scandal, but the play on the ice. I mean, that was a huge storyline, obviously, of the year, but we're talking about the on-ice play, you know, just how they've played or how they haven't played. The Anaheim Ducks continue to be a bit of a story um, with the way they've played, although mm -hmm. they had a bad one last night against Toronto. Um, for me, that's it. Vancouver continues to be a storyline that we follow very, very closely. Now we're hearing the Canucks are reaching out to potential coaching candidates to replace Travis Green, but they still have Travis Green as their coach. So Elliot Friedman's kind of reporting now that, you know, Claude Julien's been asked permission to have that conversation, but we don't know if he's going to go, they're going to go down that road. Scott Walker's name has come up, but they don't really want to go down that road. So nothing's going to happen in, in, in Vancouver until they have the next guy lined up and ready to go. So imagine being Travis Green in that situation. Oh, why does it not surprise me? You know, and I, re I remember over the years, we've had general managers. I'm thinking about with a hockey team, with the Pats, not as much in the CFL, but that have fired coaches without having the next coach lined up. And that's never... Like in season, you have to have the next coach lined up. But we've had guys in the offseason, GMs in the offseason that have fired the coach. I'm like, who's the next coach going to be? Don't know. What? How can that be? Yeah. I think you could see both sides of it. You're interviewing, hiring, and firing people all the time. I guess you know that you don't want this guy, so you make the move, and then you just wait and see who applies, or you target them. But what if what's going on in Vancouver is true what Elliot's reporting and if he's reporting it I'm sure that it is just tells me what an absolute disaster they are as an organization and why they are where they are yeah. but you can see where there would be merit to I guess both positions having your next guy lined up or not having your next guy lined up at the very least you have to have a plan you have to know where you're going right at least have a plan ready to go um, and maybe the plan is interim coach and we're going to take our time the only reason you'd want to have your guy lined up right away is because you don't want to waste any time. Well, this Canucks team, I don't think they need to be worried about wasting time. I kind of feel like the season's over. Now, maybe they think that they've got enough talent in the locker room and they've got enough tools to work with that if they bring in the right coach, they can get this thing back on track in time to not lose the rest of the year. So that's the only reason I could see having a guy lined up and ready to go. If not... Then you make the move and you start the search and you make plans to really get going for next season. But so we'll see. Okay. They tell me that we got Sean logged in. Do you want to take a commercial now or you want to roll uh, with Sean now? Okay. Okay. We're going to take a timeout and be right back with the chief commercial officer of the Florida Panthers, Sean Thornton. Thanks for sticking with me, Moose. We'll see you in a bit. We'll be right back. You're watching the RP show on the Game Plus television network across all 10 provinces and 31 states. Live streaming on YouTube and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com.
Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got something to say? You want to add to this show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. Welcome back, everybody. It is the RP Show broadcasting live from South Florida, and we appreciate the patience of Sean Porton. We only have him for five minutes. Uh, for those that missed it earlier, 705 NHL games, two-time Stanley Cup champion. He is now the chief commercial officer of the Florida Panthers, and he joins us from the team facility uh, this afternoon. Uh, authority, I appreciate it. With everybody, all your hockey buddies, uh, seeing that you were coming on, I have some messages that I was asked to oh pass along. I'll do, I'll, well, Scott Barney's one. He says... Uh, did, are you guys from the same hometown, or did you play together, the current head coach and GM of the Humboldt Broncos, Scott Barney? Both, yeah. We're from the same hometown, and we played together in junior. Known Barnes since he was That's uh, what I a young kid, yeah. What a great guy. He says, great guy, one of the best stories out there. Wasn't drafted into the O until his second year of midget. Toughest customer to ever put the gloves on. Joe Lazito yeah. in Long Island says to say hi. Before we get into your story, Sean, I just what a time to be with the Panthers, man. Uh, on the cusp of NHL history and couldn't get it done against Seattle the other night. What was your take on that 4-1 uh, loss at FLA Live Arena? I was running around from suite to suite, seeing different perspective partners and premium clients and looking at game press. So I, I can't give you my perspective on the game because I didn't get to watch much of it. I, I'm so far away from the hockey side of things now, uh, trying to run as much as I can here on the business side, that uh, it's very rare that I actually get to sit down and, and focus on what's going on in the game. Unfortunately, well, unfortunately. Uh, perfect, perfect, po perfect political answer there. And I guess a lot of people wondering, what does the chief commercial officer do? I guess you just explained that it's the business side of an NHL team. Correct. So I oversee partnerships, re most revenue streams, marketing, content, game press, foundation, community uh, outreach, all, all that stuff uh, reports into me. Yeah, I was trying to chase you down, by the way, to get my book signed. Sean Thornton fighting my way to the top. I guess I'll have to track you down on Tuesday. Now. But I will say this. I saw you in the press box during the Philly game. Who makes your suits, Sean? Because it looks like you're still working in the steel plant. Man, although they have to be custom made. <laughs> they, uh, no, they're not. I have some customs, but I usually uh, – I don't want to give anyone a free plug here, but uh, I uh, – <laughs> they're fitted. They're they're customized, but not custom. But I appreciate it. Wait, was that a compliment or a backhanded compliment? I'm not sure. <laughs> no, it was a compliment. It was. A, I'm just like, holy smokes! How does he fit in those things with those? Anyways, uh, to yeah. the book. Still trying to stay in shape. I, I work out every day. I'm trying to. I break even. I just want to like stay close to my playing weight. Yeah, that reminds me of the stories in your book. I'm about halfway through this, and I'm loving it. About. Your lovely wife getting you to be focused more on the physical training side than the off-ice side and all of that. Why did you write a book, Sean? What's the story behind this? Uh, yeah, I was asked three times, uh, or I declined it three times before I eventually said sure. Um, I listen. I have a unique story. Uh, this is how it was proposed to me. A unique story. I, I fought a little bit of adversity to. Uh, to get where I was at, I was always probably the worst player on every team I played on. Ended up having a very successful career that I'm happy about. So, um, 
if somebody that, you know, is looking to quit or is unsure of how they're going to get there, if they can take this and, and use it as motivation for them to fight through adversity and have some success, then part would be, I genuinely think people uh, should be involved in the community. And if, if you're lucky enough to have a platform, uh, you should use that platform to give back. And uh, I, I think those are the two main uh, things coming out of this. It's unbelievable. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. The only thing is it makes me long for the old style of hockey. And I don't just mean on the ice, just the way things were done uh, when you were coming up in the game. And it's not the way that it is anymore. But I got to ask you, and I know I don't have you for long. Your mom, absolute beauty. <laughs> I never thought my son would make it as a hockey yeah. player. Or, or I'm surprised he graduated. He never even tried in school. Tell me about Christine Thorne. We're all proud of our moms. She is something. Uh, straight shooting comes from the top, uh, in my household. Uh, you probably, if you've read part of that book, you'll see that my mom, my dad, myself, my wife, all cut from the same cloth. You always know where you stand, whether you like it or not. Uh, and yeah, she's very honest, uh, to say the least. Um, and she's not wrong. I mean, I didn't really try and, uh, it came fairly easy to me. So I didn't figure I had to try that hard. I was, uh, I wasn't that focused until I needed to be focused. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, Listen, I'm surprised to be where I am right now as well. But uh, at the same time, it took a lot, a lot of hard work to get here. Well, of, of course, and I completely understand it. It was just nice because as as big as your head may have ever gotten, your mom very clearly was there to ground you. And I, I love those stories oh, yeah. of this. Listen, I know you, I know you got to go, but I'll just say this. Um, obviously, the Panthers said this is a guy that we need in our organization. And they it seems like they found you a role and you're excelling there. Like, again, there's not a you don't win by accident. So it seems to be a real nice fit. How much are you enjoying being with the Panthers right now and your role? And what do you see ahead here in the immediate future for this franchise? No, I, I love my role. I'm very fortunate that ownership and our CEO uh, thought I was smarter than that. Uh, I guess it's like no different than the playing career, right? If you dig, do the work, be resilient, then you can be successful. Um, so try and stay humble, just like, like I did when I was playing, and, and figure out a way to to be the best at what I, whatever my job description might be in that day. So um, I'm very fortunate. I have a lot of people around the league that have helped and mentored me. I mean, Luke Robitaille, one of my first calls on the side was, "Don't be corporate. Like, be yourself." That that's your most important attribute is yourself and you know i've had camille a bunch of people i've reached out to and really helped me get to where i am so uh fortunate to have that network fortunate that i was thinking about it while i was a player to set myself up to be where i am now um and really lucky to to be in this situation well congratulations on the journey so far and the rest of the way i will track you down tomorrow night to get this signed uh this has been quality okay. over Here. quantity i appreciate the time sean yep thank you Thanks. Florida Panthers uh, chief commercial officer joining us from the Panthers facility. And yeah, the connection, not the best this afternoon, but certainly good enough. And the book is Fighting My Way to the Top from Sean Thornton, available at all bookstores near you. Okay, so we are in overtime right now. I don't know if the moose is gone, and that's fine. He's gone. Okay. Director Jordan telling me, that's fine, I can handle it. So uh, Overtime is brought to you, of course, by our friends at the Four Seasons Sports Palace. 
your home for the National Hockey League, the UFC, and the Seattle Kraken Fan Club. And I actually got a note here from the Greek freak, Georgie Nitsos, down at the Four Seasons. He says, dare to dream Super Sunday at the Palace. The Riders upset the Bombers in the West Final. 3 p.m. this Sunday, big screen, big sound. Then later, the Leafs whoop the Jets. And loser Pag is sad, sad, sad. Woo, that's from George at the Four Seasons. Fighting words. He says, you know where the CFL is on the big screen and all the NFL Sunday and NHL action is. It's up week, baby. That is from the Greek freak, Georgie Yanitsos, uh, checking in today. So, quite a show. It went by in a blink. Last minute. Last minute of play in the RP show. Boy, where, how did we get on to this? Darren Workman in Salt Lake City, Utah, writes in here in overtime, and he says, is this the last CFL game in Toronto on Sunday? Uh, do you know something that I don't or that we don't? Why would, why would we think this is the last ever CFL game in Toronto? We're going to have to delve into that tomorrow. Adam in, ha in Hamilton says, please have Bob Young on ahead of the Grey Cup. Good idea. Uh, Producer Clark not with us today as he tends to a family matter. But, um, yeah, we'll be previewing these division finals. we got the Grey Cup upcoming. Thanks to Sean Thornton for joining us today, Tori Gurley, and all of you. We'll see you tomorrow at noon Eastern right here on the RP Show on Game Plus Television. We don't know what we're doing. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.